be as hard as I thought <laughs> it would be. Uh, and I so I start seeing things in a different, just in a different light. Um, I so got baptized and maybe months later it didn't take long until uh, I proposed to Deborah and she said yes we were on a on a riverboat in New Orleans actually it was freezing cold in New Orleans on uh on, in November and she said yes and we started we continued on with the Bible study um, and we just just kept on kept on keeping on with that and it was just a we could see the growth happening. I I knew I ex, I experienced the growth, and we were coming to church, uh, and just learning new things. We were in a season of our life where we were learning a whole lot of new things, and it was like God had positioned us there. Even and even going back to that that why why you want to be a lawyer, and I see I can look back and see a connection to coming here in Mobile. Every other profession, I could have stayed there and done. Mobile, there, there's. I could have been a dentist there. I could have been a doctor there. I could have been an engineer there. Anything else that I, almost anything else that I wanted to be, I could have stayed in Mobile to do it. Mobile doesn't have a law school. I ended up in Birmingham. I meet Deborah, who's on this this journey, and I could just see how God just put it all together. So we we. Um, I propose, get married um, in August of 2008, which would be 13 years this year. <laughs> uh, and we uh, we have we have the kids, uh, Ava and Evan, and we we kind of just uh, continue to grow. That first year, first year of marriage, <laughs> I'm sure you remember. <laughs> We uh, a lot of our Bible study time was spent working on our marriage because, uh, like, we didn't with our backgrounds and knowing our backgrounds, bringing that together caused a lot of conflict and fireworks at times. Uh, but those old cultural imprints are strong, yeah, and they want to speak and they want to manifest, and you really have to learn new cultural traits and dynamics yes that was one of the big ones for me was like in my family i had seen like it was just polar opposites i'd seen men they were they were wasn't much of a middle ground or the, my perception was it was there was a man that was totally dominant and dominated the, the marriage and there was the man that was totally on the other end, he impacted and was dominated. And it's like, okay, I don't see any, I don't see any in between. So if I gotta pick, okay, I gotta, I gotta make my voice be known. I gotta fight back, and I gotta do these things. Like, no, you're not gonna dominate me. And we were coming, we were, we were bumping heads. And I can remember because uh, we were calling you, I, I joke, I even told her, when we were teaching the class, I told the kids, like, okay, yeah, we had Pastor Sutton on the bat line. <laughs> like, we were always calling, like, all right, Pastor Sutton, this is what's happening. <laughs> um, there would be times where I say, I put the phone up to the door, you hear what she's saying? <laughs> and 
and it was a it was difficult and i can i just listened to stephen's uh sermon stephen preached in uh north carolina here recently and he was talking about the difference in the the marriages in the church and in the world where in the world the first year is the best year and in the church the first year is the worst year and you grow from there and so we were having those growing pains and and I remember the place where we crossed over, uh, and we got we got a, a victory because we had called you, and you said, "Okay, well, we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna sit down for lunch. Sister Sutton and I will take you to lunch on Sunday, and we'll talk all about it. And by the time we got from that maybe a Friday to Sunday, by the time we got there, we had actually resolved it. We had resolved whatever the issue was, and so." It was from from there we started to, with all the, the wisdom that you imparted in the, into us and the more time growing prayer and the word of God and we started to be able to come to our own resolutions and work things out and kind of knew what you would say. <laughs> so now you're describing the replacement of an existing cultural dynamic or imprint with uh, a new culture. Yes, and it is by nature a process because the first one was not embedded, but by process. So the second one has to be embedded, and it's not just the embedding of the new; it's the removal of the old. Yes, and those are those are Peterson would say those are neurological concepts or or uh, constructs, but we would say too that they are spiritual constructs at a yes. level you can't see, you yes. know, and so. It's uh, it's not an easy thing, no. and it's a lot of heavy lifting, and uh, not for the faint-hearted. No, definitely not. Um, the but, easiest thing to do is to collapse into what comes naturally. Yes, you know, and naturally is the Adamic nature, and that's what comes. You know, and you know that by growing yourself, and now growing a marriage, and and growing a family. Yes. And uh, so it's swimming upstream at every level. Yes. But I just I really echo what Deborah said about what God has done. He gave me a, a wife that is just excellent. Just an excellent wife to me and mother. And I I know that she is good-willed. And I, there's some people that don't have that. Like you, you can take that for granted that you have a person that desires to be right and and righteous not just right um as far as winning but she i know i i just i know what she's going to do like that is a that is just priceless for me like in a in a life where things went where a lot of times i didn't know what was going to happen I didn't know how people were going to make decisions, what was going to unfold, just had to be ready. From an early age, had to be ready for things to happen. It was a, just having a, a wife and a family where it's just, we pretty well know what's going to happen, what each other's going to do. <laughs> um, so... Um so now you're pretty far in your journey, mm-hmm. and you've uh, you've overcome uh, the the old culture mm-hmm. as much as, 
as it is possible, you know, and that's, I think, a lifetime journey, like lifelong learning. Yes. It's a lifetime journey. And consequently, you, by growing in the culture of the kingdom of God, you are continually distanced from your natural families mm -hmm. and from your natural world, the people around you. And it gives you a, a vantage point. It gives you a perspective and you can see yourself and you can see them. Um, how would you, what are the most notable things that you might, uh, that you might use to articulate that, that difference or that distance? How would you describe those cultural values uh, that make the difference? Okay, um, that's, a, that's a big question. <laughs> it is, it's a very broad question. Okay. Um, that, is, that, that is something, I guess first I would start with the, with the, uh, with the word of God and the, the, focus of, the focus on individual response and how, how God credits a person. Um, it's, I guess it, it was a shift from, um, what other people did, how you react to things like this, the stimulus and response, mm -hmm. uh, and the choice, uh, and being proactive rather being, than reactive. Exactly. Words, yeah. I grew up and I, and I, I guess a lot of people, I'm sure this isn't like unique to me, but grew up in a in a, an environment where people reacted like like okay well someone why'd you hit that person well because they hit me right so so like in that conversation mm -hmm. uh that is nested in the idea of vision yes because without a vision you are inevitably reactive yes that's what life is and that's where you go but because you have vision now you're proactive because you're making choices based on the uh, the way that the vision informs you. Yes. And now the Word of God has planted a vision down inside of you for your life, for your marriage, for your children, for everything God has for you. And yes. so now it's a God-breathed vision. So it, it occurs to me that part of that kingdom dynamic is that visionary overview, which is really interesting because if we were talking about Brother Wilson's Venculum or something, uh, the biblical yes. Venculum starts with vision. Vision, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's definitely uh, that's definitely something that that has changed. And I I uh, I started teaching a a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt a Bible study, and so I use uh, concepts from Jiu Jitsu to kind of explain Bible concepts or biblical concepts. And one of them is that the difference isn't the the difference vision makes because him with him at the highest level of of his craft and or the sport he sees things he knows mm -hmm. and and not that he won't make mistakes because people will catch him with things and he'll get submitted and all kinds of things like that but he knows where he missed the mark he knows that there is a mark. And he can reverse engineer and go back. And it's unlikely that you'll catch him with that thing again. On the other hand, on the other end of the spectrum, a white belt or someone that's, that's not even a white belt, kind of, if they get caught in something, they know something bad happened. But they don't know 
that there was a mark that they need they don't know what they needed to do and they can't reverse engineer they they can't comes with understanding exactly so they continue on doing the same thing and maybe they do the same thing that but they do it faster and harder and the bad results keep coming faster and harder and they can't figure out and so i told them i said this is when you don't have an understanding of the word of god life works like that bad results happen you don't know how to where it came from you don't know what the source is you don't know that there was a mark that you missed so you just keep on you either keep on doing or you shut down you can shut down into depression but you don't know anything else you don't know anything else exactly right. and something else he knows he knows that that achievement that he's arrived at and that wisdom that he's arrived at that came by discipline and by work it yes. didn't come by just, you know, the white belt may believe, right? <laughs> but the black belt has worked. Yes. You know, and yes, faith without works, you know, you understand. And that was, a, that was something that was huge for me as well, coming into church, coming into this church, because I, I had been, like I said, had been to churches before, and I had gotten the whole come down to the front and confess that Jesus is your personal savior and i had done it before like in the moment i thought this what harm could it do i can be saved right now and i would go down and do it and and i felt like nothing happened and i would go just right back to my same old life and i didn't really believe it because everything that i had gotten that was worth anything took some work and it took something from me and I couldn't believe it didn't really sit right with me that I could go to heaven and and live with God forever for this cheap admission price. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard Jeff Arnold's response to his experience in the Baptist altar. No, I don't. And they pronounced him saved, and he said, "Saved? That's it? I just met the God that created everything, and I'm saved." Luckily for him. For him, his little wife had uh, experienced a bus kid experience at Fred Kinsey's church and heard about baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But uh, back to that broad, generalized question. Um, what, what do you identify in your life that's producing the fruit that you're seeing right now and getting you to the place of uh, your your biblical desire, the thing that you want. You want to be close to God. You want to have harmony. You want to have unity. You want to have good results. You don't want to wake up with a lot of regrets and, and destructive things in your life. Well, you're building that now. You're doing that now. But how are you doing that? What are those things that you're employing? Um, aside from just the knowing the Word of God, um, prayer has been just huge for me um, um, because it it and having the Holy Ghost it it just leads you and you know that's like the biggest thing for me I want to please God I want to actualize my potential I want to um, you know be effective in the kingdom of God so having a healthy prayer life has been so key for me because you know, God is faithful. He hears us when we pray. He answers our prayers. He, he, um, 
he guides us. I mean, he talks to me. He, he tells me, okay, you know, before we used to have to call you, like Terrell was saying earlier, um, but now, you know, whenever, especially in the beginning, whenever we had conflict, um, I would go to God and say, okay, what did I do? What did I do wrong here? I mean, show me where I made the error. And sure enough, he does, like right there in that prayer meeting. So that just guides me in a lot of areas. Well, he loves that attitude because you're humble and you're asking for instruction and you're taking mm -hmm. ownership of your fault. Right. And you're, and you're being responsible. You know, those are all yeah. biblical tenets. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of good. Well, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to piggyback on what Deborah said uh, because I've I've had those conversations with God as well, where especially in, uh, earlier on, it was I would try to do these. It's like mental gymnastics. Like, okay, well, how is this about her? And He would always point back at me, and it's like, okay, well, what what can you do? What can you do? And it's it is always my responsibility. It is, so it kind of just, I think that's a big, that's a big principle that's missing in our society at large. Um, and well, it's it was, total abdication. Yeah. And what's, what is, what is the manifestation? What is the mantra? Yeah, it's victim. You're Victimization. Gonna, exactly. exactly. Yeah, so you're going you're gonna to be a victim and... And you don't have any responsibility. It's about rights and not responsibilities. But if you take care of right, if you take care of your responsibility, rights will take care of themselves. You, other people can, uh, if everyone worried about responsibilities, the rights will be fine. You don't feel particularly oppressed right now. I just didn't. just touching some of the noise in the street, uh, especially very very uh, intense over the last year and a half or so. You know, uh, in this new iteration of of uh, social cultural change, yeah, I I don't feel oppressed. I but, but look at where you came from, look at your background, look at how you were raised. No father in the home, uh, caretaker for your mother. How unjust all of that was. And again, I guess it, it goes back started with. Like I said, I, just, I never heard my mother complain about it. I never heard her ask, you know, which you, it would have been perfectly logical to say, okay, why am I 20? I'm coming into the prime of my life, and now I'm in a wheelchair. I have three kids. I can't, I can't do for them physically. They're having to do for me. So it never, I, don't know, I, I guess I, just, I didn't ever pick up that really that she attitude inoculated you against right. victimization yeah it's like okay well if i complain about something it's like okay well if i say why me well, as i'm walking around can use all my limbs can do all these things it's yeah. like so i look at the 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 current uh i hear the noise and i hear even the work that i do um i sue people <laughs> for for discrimination for police violence and all these things and this is a but i i do it i think why the work that i do is the it's the more effective way to deal with it because you're dealing with individual circumstances you're dealing with individuals and that's how things happen 
I don't believe we have a systemic a systemic problem. I believe we have there there has been there is and there always will be people individuals that do bad things. Well, and the law in a biblical sense is there to check the individual. Yeah. And the magistrate bears not the sword in, in vain. vain yep. And the and the word of God is to obey the laws of the land. <laughs> and so then the process needs to work. Not that the whole world is going to be apostolic, but that it has a best chance of being harmonious and beneficial for everybody if everyone obeys the law. Exactly. And so you become an arbiter of that very biblical process. You know? Exactly. And I, I look at the uh, where we are, and I'm so glad that we have the kingdom of God because I could see the noise if we weren't in the church. I could see it influencing because it, it is loud. It is there are megaphones, Hollywood, academia, and we were we were in academia, like we we're in school, uh, sports, everything, everything in the culture is saying they're preaching the same message. Um and looking at the um what I guess was initially a legal theory, the critical race theory, and the things that you I can see how they, how the the, the word of God is so different than what it espouses. It's like okay, well let's let's not be colorblind, let's be race conscious, and I don't see that in the word of God. I see you're, ne- you're neither Jew nor Greek or Gentile, and it's like. It's like, so let's be race conscious. Let's be subjective. Let's find what divides. And I don't see that in the in the kingdom of God. And I I see it as a a dangerous thing to to um, to have. Um, well, like, it, it generation to tribalism, which is always dangerous, yes. and destructive, and not productive. Yes. And when you when you come down to dividing and you so you look at all these things and I could see where if we're being defined by our identities, uh, which is what is happening, okay, we're we're black. Okay, well you need to be in your camp. And we would have missed out on so many awesome things. Um had we had with that mentality, with that attitude, uh, obviously, you're I not would, black. <laughs> I would say you're kind of a, a nice mocha, right? <clears throat> you, you right. Know? And I'm getting there by August. I'll be there, uh, at least part of me, right? Um, but and and we're laughing, but it it really is at the heart of how facetious all of that is. Yeah, you know, because God is made of us. We're all of all nations, and he's made of us one people. Yep. And uh, the things that unify us are so absolutely extraordinary. Yes. And then when that is accomplished, so many good things are the fruit of that. And it's so very easy to see when you're standing on the side of it you are now. Yes. You know, I can see if you're out in the street and you're jaded and you're cynical, perhaps not. Yes. But, but you're in a position to see it. And you're in a position to launch another generation into it. Yes. So, and speaking of our our, our kids, I guess uh, we are 
I'm so blessed that we're so thankful that we are able to, like you said, have helped them to avoid some of the things that that we went through. And I guess all parents think they're tougher than their kids, (laughs) but I I don't I couldn't imagine our kids having to go through some of the things that that we went through. Uh, So. But giving them, uh, not setting them up to to be to be victims, not not giving them the. Um, someone someone asked me one time, like, okay, well, you do discrimination work, and what do you think about uh, discrimination, white privilege, and all that stuff? I'm like, like I do discrimination work on an individual basis, um, and I would never talk to my kids about that because. I don't see the the benefit because even if they were to run into discrimination, I don't see the benefit of them looking at, say, perfect example would be going to get a job. Well, I didn't get the job. Well, what happened? Was it that I needed to go back to the drawing board and get more skills, get more knowledge, become a better candidate? Or do I get to just say, I was a racist there. Uh, so if I do this, even if it was discrimination, it doesn't hurt me to go get more skills, get right. more knowledge, become a better candidate. Yeah, and you have to address your your own personal growth and yes. take responsibility for that. Yeah. Yes. And we spiral up. Yes. And we get better. Yes. So 13 years, huh? Yes. Yeah. So what is the next... What's the next chapter going to look like? What's the vision for the house? And what's the vision for the ministry? Uh, just, you know, uh, we don't know when God's coming right. or the condition of our world or anything else, but we have, we have a vision that we're operating in. Yes. And we have an expectation that God's going to do something extraordinary with us. Yes. The next chapter is to... Um, grow, just actualize our potential. I, I always look at at my my testimony and where I sit today as I actually got out. You know, I got out of darkness, and so whenever I run into people from my past and who are still in that darkness, I have to be a witness and tell them about it. I have to say, look, you can get out too, and of course, you know keep our kids from ever going there, you know, teaching them about the word of God, teaching them about prayer and loving God and, you know, just being effective and growing in his kingdom, uh, advancing in our careers, advancing in God, you know, um, that's, that's what's next for us. Culturally, statistically, do you see yourself as an anomaly? Absolutely. Yep. (laughs) Because, we weren't supposed to make it out you know we were supposed to be exactly where everyone else is well both of you came close to just being aborted yeah you know so that's a that's a pretty good um maneuver to have evaded that early on (laughs) although it was out of your power Yeah. yeah and you're a shining example of the fact of why abortion is such a horrible horrible uh 
approach to life. Thank you, Margaret Sanger and the eugenics crowd and Planned Parenthood and all of that. Right. Because God puts such great potential in everybody, you know. You know, I've I've thought about that um, when my mom was was pregnant with me and she was down I guess down the street from aborting me. She did. She had no idea that she was going to need a twelve-year-old to move out. And and I've said this to people about this subject: to abort a child is presumptuous. You don't know what the child will be to you, to someone else, to the world. And I believe God puts everybody in your life for a reason. And you don't know whether that kid is going to be the kid that pulls you out of the burning house. And it cures cancer. You know. And it's, a, I mean, it's astonishing to me that someone could... And and I get that this it can be convenient at the at the time, but I, what I have seen in my in my life and experience, you tend to make it with whoever you have with you. Everybody got fed. Everybody uh, got clothed. The thing that my mom feared the worst, my grandma was gonna kill her. Like she probably would have. How it turned out, my grandma would have killed her had she done. <laughs> uh, so it's a, it is a uh, definitely. So we we avoided both of us avoided that <laughs> that fate. Thank God. Right choices, right actions, right lifestyles, right behaviors. God's way, kingdom culture, yes. manifesting itself, uh, and it's it's what God wants for everyone. Yeah, and I see, I see. Iron uh, to the question of where we're going next. I tell the kids, like you're you're casting a vote for your actions, your everything that you do, everything that you say is casting a vote for the type of person that you're going to be. And one day, somebody's going to get elected, <laughs> uh, and you want to make sure you vote in the right candidate. And I can remember. Um, Evan and I riding through the the projects uh, Southtown. He had done something, and I we, we rode first by the jail. <laughs> we sat by the jail, had that conversation. Then we rode through the projects, and I couldn't have scripted it better. For the people that were hanging out, it was like there were homeless people coming this way. There were drug dealers down on that corner. There's people just laudering. And I said, these people are voting. They don't know that they're voting. Sometimes they haven't told some. They're ha they haven't. Some of them had haven't had anyone to tell them that yeah, there's another the candidate. Only world they've ever known. Yes. Yeah. And so we, our plan is to the the next chapter is to to do all that we can to to vote in the people that we want to be. I I think at the end of uh, at the end of life. I don't know that that this is a thing, but I would imagine a, a horrible part of hell could be being shown what you could have. Oh, it has to be. Being shown what you could have been. and We think in terms of physical pain, but psychic, spiritual pain, I think, is far worse. Yes. 
So we want to continue to vote to beat, to get as close to the essential as we can. And um, in our in our marriage, in our raising of the children, in our ministry, uh, just doing what God leads us to do and uh, just working to bring people into the kingdom, help people to get out uh, that have some had similar circumstances to us and other everybody has their thing out in the world, but help as many people make it out as uh, we can. Well, the uh, exciting thing to me in this part of this discussion is there are young people in this city that if they have the same information that you got and they have the same exposure, the same teaching, and they're willing, yeah. their life can uh, can correct yes. and reform, and they can find all the good things. And it and it doesn't just secure you in your spiritual nature or spiritual future, but it it uh, it, it enhances every part of life. Yes, life gets better in the kingdom of God. Yes. Yeah, we, we were just actually talking this morning about it. Uh, there was a guy that was just convicted of capital murder. Uh, he uh, shot the guy in, uh, what was that, Trustville? Cracker Barrel, uh, over a parking space. And they said that there was a racial slur, and the other guy punched him, and then he shot. And it was like, all of this, it's, you can, we can see the reaction, and... I look at it now from this vantage point and think, man, this this is so easily avoidable. But I can remember a time where I could have easily been in that situation being reactionary. And neither one of them realized that this decision, these decisions were going to, for all intents and purposes, end two lives. I have, uh, when you're talking about that, I have two pictures juxtaposed one is ben carson separating conjoined siamese twins yes uh conjoined at the head and uh and it's it's pioneer surgery and it's remarkable it's miraculous mm -hmm. what he does and the other picture is when he's fully invested in gutting that kid in the street and that knife hit the kid's belt buckle or his whole life would have been would have been changed both for both of them yes you know in moments like that but uh, we we all have this this divine investment we're all made in the image of god yes and uh right now out in the city people are just pouring their god invested nature out and for nothing and for nothing uh but if we can find them and we can affect them, and we can uh, communicate this to them, they can have the same types of results that you guys are seeing in your home and in your life. Well, I really, I really do appreciate you coming this morning, and I, uh, I don't mean to capitalize on your whole, your whole morning here, but um, you're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, I really uh, appreciate your testimony, you. and I appreciate what God is doing in your lives, and I appreciate you taking the time to come and share this, because it occurs to me, I'm old, but it occurs to me that there are a lot of young people 
that have access to these podcasts and and videos or someone that's just starting their journey in the kingdom of God right now and they can hear your voice and they can say oh well they came from a difficult set of circumstances or a difficult scenario mm-hmm. and they made their own share of mistakes but they found their way into the kingdom of God and now they're employing kingdom culture principles and they're having those uh, they're having those good results that made me think when you say young people I thought about when I uh, I spoke to a, a class at Parker High School once and I asked them I said if you got something in the mail some apparatus <clears throat> that had never existed before it would never exist again it's completely unique I said but you didn't know what it did what the purpose of it was and you saw there was some instructions would you read the instructions? Well, yeah. And uh, so I told them, I said, well, your life is that thing. Like, there has never been one like it before. There will never be one like it again. And you can take that that unique thing and use it however you want. And you can use it for all kinds of purposes. Uh, but if you... You take a... and this is, We're talking about law and life... So, but if you take a, let's say a lawnmower that has blades, it could give you a haircut, but it'll hurt you. And you, if you tried to sue the manufacturer about it, they would say, no, you used it outside of what it was purposed for. So it's on you that you got hurt. And so when you take your life, you can use it. If you don't know the manufacturer's purpose, you end up using your life in a way like I did, to hurt yourself and to hurt other people because you don't know what the purpose is and you can't find that outside of God. So I'm so thankful that we are, that we found the the owner's manual. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, God bless you. I love you and I appreciate you being you available too, today. And we'll, uh, we'll wrap up here.